0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The beloved documentary film, The Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill, now been given a 4K restoration and is now in re-release coming out through Shadow Distributors. Uh, It is uh, one of my favorite documentary films, uh, I think, of all time, and and for a lot of reasons, not the least of which, it's a wonderful story and so well told. But I remember the impact it had on me when I saw it back in 2005, and it's it's stuck with me. Uh, The stories of the parrots, the story of Mark Bittner, and so much more. Uh, we're joined today by the director, producer, writer, editor, cinematographer of this incredible documentary film, The Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill, Judy Irving. Judy, welcome back to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: And you were on for uh, one of your other documentary films called Dark Circle. Very, very well done documentary film about nuclear power and nuclear weapons and then also known for other films like cold refuge and and pelican dreams and so much more i'm so happy to be able to talk to you again and especially about this particular project Uh, i remember just being so entranced what beguiled by the when i saw it the first time because i fell in love with the parrots and then of course with mark and uh, Mark Bittner, who who did this, who was incredible in terms of his dedication to these parrots. Let's go back in time. How did you find out about the parrots? What drove you to want to do a documentary film about them?
1: Well, I had been sort of rediscovering my love of birds, 40s and 50s, and a couple of friends told me Hey, you should make a film about this guy who feeds the parrots if you love birds and after the second person made that recommendation i finally called him up and went over there and checked him out i thought wow this is colorful and this is dramatic because he was telling me right at the beginning that he was going to have to move there was this time constraint and i was wondering whether i could actually make a documentary before he had to move and and leave the flock but it worked out (laughs) that's how it happened that's how it started
0: well let's talk about the wild parrots themselves what makes their presence in san francisco in in 2002 or three or whatever it was when you were making the film what was it about that their presence there and had they achieved a level of notoriety was it sort of in the zeitgeist that uh, that this was happening let's talk about the parrots themselves what are they mostly what are the the flock
1: these are mostly uh well the pet trade calls them cherry-headed conyers, and the ornithological types call them red masked parakeets they basically they have a red head and they have a green body they were all wild caught the the origins of the flock were all in the wild originally they didn't want to be caught but they were caught they were brought up here sold as pets and then a lot of the people who have bought them realized, oh my God, these birds bite and they're loud and I'm like going to let them free, you know, and there, there's nine ur- urban legends in the film as to how these birds actually got out in San Francisco. You can take your pick and believe any one of them. They might all be true. They established themselves in the wild because they knew how to be wild. And back in 2002, they were s- still pretty much under the radar. Uh, it, well, even further back when I started making the film in late 98. Okay. Uh, uh, Mark had done um, uh, a couple of slideshows at the library, his North Beach Branch Library, and then uh, a sort of a sold out, very popular show at the main library. But not a whole lot of people knew about the flock. And the, the flock was very small back then. And so when I started filming, it was almost like this under the radar magical thing that was happening on the greenwich steps on telegraph hill was
0: there something about telegraph hill that attracted the parrots? was there some something about that where they were that made sense from a from a bird's point of view
1: yes there were a lot and there still are a lot of tall trees in the greenwich steps right-of-way uh, it's it's basically a garden uh, along a steep slope of Telegraph Hill that had been quarried, and it was so steep that there is no Greenwich Street. It's too steep for a street, so it became a garden. And there's a lot of uh, tall deodar cedar trees, and there's a coast live oak in the in the garden. So they love to perch high up because they can watch for hawks that way. I think that's why they originally started... Flying around Telegraph Hill because there's two wonderful gardens, Filbert Steps Garden and Greenwich Steps Garden that have these tall trees. And then, of course, when Mark decided, okay, I need to get back to nature, let's start, you know, looking at the birds and let's start trying to feed the birds. There were sunflower seeds too, and they love sunflower seeds. It's sort of like chips to them. So there was that perk as well
0: they They also had a great eye for real estate because it's a spectacular <laughs> uh observational point from looking into San Francisco Bay and beyond. it's a it's a beautiful location. Um, mm-hmm. And getting to know Mark in terms of just uh, his uh reticence or his enthusiasm for wanting you to be with there doing what you were doing.
1: Yeah yeah it was interesting because he had been approached uh, a couple of times by other filmmakers he just didn't feel right about these folks maybe maybe they were students and and he didn't think they would do a good job or whatever but or maybe he didn't trust them i'm not sure but um uh when i came along he he, he was cautiously optimistic and and the reason that he was interested in having a film made was because a friend, another uh, parrot person had told him, and this is a person who had experience with the Chicago flock, that if you make them famous, they will be protected from being exterminated by people who hate non-native species. And so this is always a problem for, for parrots, establishing a foothold in places where they're supposedly not supposed to be. So he wanted to make them famous and he thought well maybe if you make a film about them they'll they'll be famous i'm writing a book he was already in process writing his book the same title the The wild parrots of telegraph hill and the book covers uh six years of his time with the birds my film only covers about a year and a half of his uh the, the last part of his time with the birds before he had to leave the hill
0: just quickly want to remind our listeners that uh, we're speaking with Judy Irving. She is the um, director, producer, writer, cinematographer, and editor of an award-winning documentary film called The Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill. It is getting a theatrical re-release.
1: It's getting a theatrical release. In um, It just opened in New York, and it's still playing in New York and it's going to open in Los Angeles on um, November 29th. And it's uh, with two preview screenings and then a week run at the Glendale Theater. So it's, and it's a 4K digital cinema package, DCP uh, restoration. It's been completely restored and the colors are really vibrant. and, And it's, you can see the full frame. Finally, it's sort of like, I call it the director's frame it's premiering at the NoHo at Lemley Theater on the 29th. Then okay. it's playing at the Royal on the 30th. And then it has a week-long run at the Glendale starting December 1st.
0: We got a chance to cover kind of the, the birds themselves and Mark's story. And um, and to the degree to which he was right about the, a film or notoriety around the parrots, for their ability to be able to stay there is that held pretty much to date are they still there
1: yes yes the flock has adapted really well to san francisco the audubon christmas bird count is the best way to to find out how many birds of each species are around the city and i think the last count was about 135 145 birds so they haven't exploded um they're they're, they seem to be in balance with their ecosystem. They know where certain trees, apple trees and plum trees, and so forth, get ripe fruit. They eat, you know, all kinds of things, berries. Several people probably feed them from their balconies, although it's illegal to feed them from city parks or streets. They're they're doing well. They just brought out a big crop of young parrots in the in the fall. In September and October, the, these young birds came out and started learning the habitat. So it's great. I mean, they fly around. They're on their own schedule. You can never quite tell where, where they're going to show up. But when tourists ask me, how can I see the parrots? How can I see the parrots? The, the best bet is to go to what used to be called Ferry Park, right opposite the Ferry Building down near the abarcadero. Now it's called Sue Beerman Park around dusk. And a lot of birds fly into the tall poplar trees, you know, just as the sun is going down. And they create a huge ruckus. They fight with each other. They scream and squawk. They hang up uh, upside down. It's a riot. And then they settle in. And that's where they sleep at night. So that's the best place to see them.
0: And so what is the lifespan of these parrots?
1: I don't know for sure, Mark, when he was... uh, More than 20
0: years? I mean, would they...
1: he, Mark thinks that if you're out in the wild as a cherry head, you might not make it past maybe 13 or 15. The oldest bird he was aware of was, I think, 13. And But we have these two rescue parrots at, in the house. And, of course, they live the, the life of luxury. They're both 20, 22 years old now.
0: Wow. And, and
1: we don't know. I mean, maybe 25, maybe 30. We'll. we'll, I'll let you know later.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I just I I fell in love with the parrots. Uh, Mark named them, gave them names, and we get to know them and Mingus and Connor and There's There's so many, and that's one of the beautiful things about this incredible film, The Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill, is that it's not just about a flock of birds. It's about getting to know them and and their relationships and how they interact with one another and their their sort of social structure and there's so much here and the ability through your work to get to a point where you feel you feel a kinship with them is what makes this such a magical experience. So congratulations to you on your work and getting that. Thank yeah. you. And for you, it's somebody coming in from the outside just kind of had, having an interest in them, how did that affect you as a as well as a filmmaker but also just as someone who was observing these beautiful creatures?
1: Well, I had actually never seen anything like this in my life. When I first started uh going over there and listening to him telling stories to both children and uh, and tourists and so forth on the steps, I realized wow if i could get footage of for instance picasso and sophie
0: yeah
1: the the little pair um where she has the little french beret and 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 he's the big lug and anyway if i could get footage of picasso and sophie cuddling and sort of illustrating the kinds of things that mark knew about them and talked about that could work in a documentary. And that's basically what I tried to do over the four and a half years of going back over and over and over again, trying to get uh, these shots that would illustrate their personalities. It was great and and I loved it. Once I went to the Greenwich Steps, I never wanted to leave (laughs) because it was so beautiful. It was fun to shoot mark was a great storyteller he was also really good on camera he didn't change his behavior at all and he never looked at the camera he sort of didn't even know it was there he was relating to the birds that made it easy because as a documentary filmmaker you have to have an ally like that for it for it to work you don't want somebody who's self-conscious on screen so that was working and i don't know i just loved it i mean I had been in the trenches for many years as a documentary filmmaker. I had not had what you would call a big hit in, oh boy, I don't know how many years, decades of making films, because I started in the early seventies and this was the late nineties. And to have it do as well as it did was a major thrill for me. And it completes, not a complete surprise because I really liked the film too. And I thought it worked, but Wow, I didn't know it was going to get out to 500 theaters across the country and do almost $3 million or more than $3 million in, in royalties. It's the best. Uh, I mean, it was the best filming experience and editing experience I ever had. It was also the best box office experience I've ever had yeah. in 50 years of filmmaking now as we speak. And
0: I have to tell you, just to underscore your the point you made, Watching the behavior as it sort of synced up with what Mark was talking about. And even beyond that, just to watching them interact in the course of the film. But also, you have Mark's sort of narrative about the threats, the issues that Connor had in trying to blend in with the cherry headed parrots and see his personality. You see these personalities emerge through the work that is just. It's a fantastic documentary and and you had you had great subjects uh that that really uh that really brought so much of what you're talking about forward. You know what? I hadn't seen it in almost 20 years having seen it again, it works. it holds up it holds up beautifully
1: thank you. thank you. you know I I saw my octopus teacher recently and I really loved it. and I realized that 20 years earlier, 20 years before my octopus teacher, the wild parrots of Telegraph Hill were teaching Mark Bittner about consciousness, about death, about discrimination, uh, you know, all kinds of things. And we were just, I I feel like we were just kind of ahead of our time (laughs) because it it didn't get, you know, it, it got a lot of, uh, word of mouth and the box office res- results were fantastic, but it didn't get shortlisted for the Oscar. It didn't get a whole bunch of festival awards that you might have expected. I think we were ahead of our time.
0: It didn't get shortlisted. No. Time has a way of righting some wrongs. And I can't imagine that people seeing this now, today in 2023 and into 2024 are not going to feel the way I did when I saw it the first time and the reaction I had to it and um it has yeah it has everything. And I again, I want to compliment I I just can't say this strongly enough. complimenting you on capturing so much of what you described we were talking about with my, uh, my octopus teacher. It's just getting to see that we may not understand the interactions and and the ways of the animal kingdom. But they're there there's a consciousness there is a there are things that are beyond what we understand but they're there
1: absolutely absolutely i mean that's what mark that's what these birds taught mark and that was that's the center for me thematically of the movie that consciousness is not just a human being type of thing all sentient creatures are conscious yes and they have desires and they have hopes and they have they have fears they have jealousies they have these are not just human traits we yeah. evolved way after birds evolved so you might say that we are imitating bird behavior <laughs> in, <laughs> in our personality uh, traits because they were on the planet way before human beings so to discover these things about birds it just opens up your whole world to look at nature in a way that maybe you didn't look at it before. We yeah. we are all part of this natural world. We like to think of ourselves as separate, but we're not.
0: You can find out more about uh, the wild parrots of Telegraph Hill through pelicanmedia.org and then that's your production company. You can find out more there, but it is again in a 4K remastered restored version. I thank you so much for your work dark circles was uh dark Circle pardon me was a wonderful film uh you were kind enough to come on to talk about that and I did not exist in this realm uh in 2005 when it came out and I'm so happy that we were able to connect this time as uh, for the re-release of the wild parrots of Telegraph Hill director producer writer cinematographer editor Judy Irving thank you